0: Bye.
1: Hello and welcome to the if we knew then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks
0: and I'm Lori Socks. And today we are speaking with Caitlin Quintero from Best Buddies. We have links to their website and all of their amazing programs in our show notes. Check them out. This organization is bridging the gap and providing opportunities for our children that are changing the narrative Everything from the elementary school level to independent, inclusive living as adults.
1: So go to bestbuddies.org and welcome Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Really well. Thank you. So
0: this is exciting. Caitlin, you're from Best Buddies, California, and there's a Best Buddies International as well, correct?
2: Yeah. So we, um, Best Buddies is an international organization. We're across, I believe it's like close to 60 countries right now, but it was started um, in at Georgetown University like 35 years ago. So we've grown from one, you know, single program to now an international organization where there's programs across the entire world and, and across the country.
0: Well, we're so happy to have you here today.
2: I'm so happy to be here.
0: There used to be a really great a uh, billboard on Ventura Boulevard for you guys that said best buddies. So we're yeah. really happy.
2: That's one of our amazing partners, Outfront Media. They've, they're just so fantastic. We have a board member. Um, I live in San Francisco, so we have a board member um, up here who works there and they've been able to, to support us through billboards. And it's been so awesome to get to see like how many great um, volunteers and opportunities have come from, you know, purely having a billboard out there.
0: Can you tell us about Best Buddies?
2: Yeah. So Best Buddies is a a nonprofit that's really dedicated to ensuring social inclusion for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, and we do so through essentially four different pillars, but again, all ensuring that people with disabilities are socially included in every aspect of life. Um, so we started, like I said, at Georgetown University 35 years ago with the idea that everyone needs a friend. Um, and a lot of our programs right now are in schools where we're matching people um, in special education with a friend in general education um, to kind of promote you know, inclusion, belonging, friendship, um, you know, oftentimes people with disabilities, you know, they may have a shared PE or, or class together, but they are, are still pretty um, isolated from the rest of, of the school. So Best Buddies programs work to kind of connect those dots and find opportunities where you can become a friend with someone outside of school. Um, and then, like I said, we have three other pillars as well. Um, after people graduate from high school, you know, the next step n- naturally is finding what's next in your life. So, um, we have a, a supported employment, what we call Best Buddies Jobs, where we're helping to find um, employment opportunities for people with disabilities. Um, and then um, we have a leadership development program. So I like to say, you know, it's it's great for me to share the impact of our mission in the community, but it's even better when someone with with an IDD can speak for themselves. So we give people with and without the the disability, the tools to be public speakers in the community, to advocate for themselves or for um, inclusion overall. And then most recently we have a living pillar um, where we're working, um, it's kind of more in the pilot stage, it's only a few few years old, but um, we're working to ensure um, you can live side by side um, inclusively with with, um, someone with an IDD. So again, four pillars that all really make sure um, people with disabilities can be socially included in really all aspects of life.
0: How did you get involved with Best Buddies?
2: I was a volunteer. Best Buddies is a volunteer movement. um, We—it's a big, big organization with a big mission, and um, you know, we like I always say we can't do this alone. We really rely on volunteers out there to kind of spread our mission to put ourselves out of business, which is our vision. And so when I was in college, um, I joined the friendship chapter at my school and I just obviously loved it. It was um, so much fun and I got to you know really widen my, my network and make a lot of really great friends. But I have a cousin that has Down syndrome. Um, and so that's kind of where my, my passion came from when he was first born and our really special connection that we still have to this day. Um, And so, yeah, that kind of spurred my interest in getting involved. And then after college, I, you know, was like, okay, what's, what's next? And this seemed like a really good fit for me. And I haven't, I haven't
0: left. (laughs) I want to talk about each of those pillars. When I think of best buddies, I do think of like the friend aspect of it. So um, I want to talk about how people can become a best buddy or get a chapter in their school. Cause I was looking at some of the schools and uh, like even just something for Liam, here in Los Angeles, and there's not a lot of middle schools. So like how, how can people get a best buddy if there's not one available in their region? Yeah. But one of the things uh, I love about your website that, um, and we'll put a link to your website. And this is something that I think our community really needs in order to understand the journey that an individual with Down syndrome has been on is historically you have on your website an area that's why we matter. And it talks about our history, but I I think it's best buddies history, but I think it's just our history. Hmm. And I love seeing uh, the movement and the evolution because the very first, um, the very first post you have here is from 1962, which isn't really that Far away, it's 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 not too far away. History, it's not no, uh, and even just they use the R word in the article, and the article was something that was advocating for our community, uh, and it just and it gives people an insight to the advocates that came before us and how they fought and the changes that are made. Because I think sometimes on this journey, it doesn't feel like changes are being made, especially when you're dealing with inclusion, when you're dealing with, um, the school system and fighting for an education, you you know, a a lot of IEPs can feel uh, historically like you're still before we've been given the right to an education and, knowledge is power. And if parents have this knowledge, they can even use this in their IEPs, as far as, um, some insight into when a lot of these laws and bills were passed. But the great thing is, is by the end of the history, which I think everybody should go through and read, when you get to the most recent posts, they're, you know, they're just, um, the power of them and the verbiage that's used and some of the things that we're talking about really show the evolution and and how far we've come.
2: Oh yeah. How far we've come and how far, you know, we have to go too. I mean, I think even I've been been with Best Buddies for um almost 12 years and I've seen so much change since I first started too and and how Um, You know, we address things, how we talk about things. And um, it wasn't too long ago that we were, you know, saying, obviously, please do not use the R word. We were advocating for, um, you know, in schools for that. And really, really pushing people first language and how important it is for you to call someone with a disability a person with a disability, a person with Down syndrome, a person with autism. And the last couple of years that's really shifted too to be identity first language. And people get to choose this is how I want to be identified. I please call me a person with a disability or please call me disabled. And that's, you know, I think really shifted and, and will continue to shift, you know, over the over the course of the next decade.
1: Yeah, we'll have a link to your website, but it is bestbuddies.org.
2: Bestbuddies.org, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that it it's imp- it's just empowering. I feel like the, the whole message of Best Buddies is very empowering, and um, inclusion is so important. Our conversations about inclusion can tend to be very um, passionate, uh, especially when we're talking about school, but this is – yeah, this is just in this is inclusion. Um, this is why we matter. And we can go through because your 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 website is is so informative. I'm I'm curious as to because uh, I went on there. You have ways to volunteer or hire a buddy or join a program. Um what if there's not something like I, like I was looking for something for Liam, but there's not, there's nothing in his school and there doesn't seem to be for middle school. I feel like there's more for high school. So how do, how can people uh, find a buddy, but also start a, Is there a way that schools can start a program?
2: yes yes yeah so our best buddies friendship um programs start as early as elementary school so even little ones can um can get involved early um and then it goes all the way through our school programs go all the way through college And then after college, uh, when you become an adult, we have what's called a citizens program where we're matching adults, uh, you know, in the community individually. Um, But yes, we currently, and I'm in California, so we currently have nearing 200 chapters across the entire state, but um, we are constantly having conversations with Airants like yourselves with individuals in the community, teachers, students, um, about a desire to bring a Best Buddies Club on their campus because there's always an opportunity to be more inclusive on campuses and um, our mission, you know, really should be out in as many communities as possible. So yes. Um, our school programs really just take um, at least one student leader. So this is a passionate person. It can be really be anyone that's um, wanting to to start a chapter at their school, um, and then as well as. Um, a special education teacher at that school. Um, and then we like to have um, a faculty advisor too. So someone that is, um, teaches general education, um, but at least one volunteer, one student in the in the school and one special education teacher. Um, that's all we really need. Of course, eventually we need the sign off of the administration at the school to kind of give it the, the sign off that they um, like to bring it to, to whatever that school might be. Um, and then we come in and we kind of provide all the necessary tools and resources to, to get the chapter going. So absolutely Liam school can definitely be, you know, on that next school of wait lists, um, to be opened. Um, but yeah, as early as elementary and as, as old as, um, uh, adults. Um, we also have a nationally, a pen pal program, or it used to be kind of a pen pal program, but that's called eBuddies. Um, and it's all online now. And over the course of the pandemic has really evolved. We're now we're doing more things virtual. People are getting to um, see their buddy um, on FaceTime or Zoom. Um, but that would be a really great opportunity for if there isn't a, a program in someone's area to check eBuddies out and and sign up to be matched with someone online.
0: And you said there's a wait list for schools?
2: Kind of. We just, it depends on the the state, depends on the area, uh, how many schools we have, but we have dedicated staff working with schools that want to open a chapter. Um, and it really just depends on who the students and the teachers are and how long, to, for how long it'll end up taking to open that school. Sometimes it'll be really quick and, you know, it'll take a couple of weeks. And sometimes depending on how how, like, how much the school requires, it could be a little bit longer. but yeah, we'll we would just add you to the caseload of schools to be opened, and then you would work with our local staff to to get open and go from there.
0: What does a school need to create a chapter?
2: It just needs um one student leader and one um uh, teacher. And um we kind of walk you through officially how to open, what the kind of program looks like. Um, we have an amazing leadership conference for um, all of our student leaders to get together in every July. We just had it for the first time in person um, since the pandemic um, at, in Indiana, where, you know, 2,000 students from across the country and world, actually, we had some international people as well, get together and they learn. What it takes you know what they need to, to host a successful inclusive program on their school campuses and it's one of the most inspiring moving happy inclusive kind of um, environments. Um, yeah, so they just learn, you know, all the all the tips from each other from their peers on, and get they get to bring it back to their school um, to have. You know a successful program but within the school themselves were a peer-to-peer program so um our student leaders they work to match people with and without a disability in a one-to-one friendship so um while they do lots of group activities together Really the heart of our program is that one-to-one, making sure that you have that one best friend you can turn to, you know, when the good things happen, and when the hard things happen. And um, we've seen amazing best friends, you know, form out of that, that, but then you can be friends with everybody, but really we we like to match that one-to-one. We match commonalities, ages, so that you kind of see, you know, the progress over time. Um, And they, all every school kind of does it differently, but they typically will host, you know, lunch, meetings on campus and our favorite thing is to see those friendships you know go beyond school walls and they're going to the movies together they're going to get ice cream they're walking their dogs together doing all the things that you know any any friendship um would do
0: and so best buddies at school, like if you wanted to start a program, then you would go to your school and then you'd have one student and one special education teacher, and it gets signed off by administrator. And that is a different training. Is that a different training uh, than if like I wanted to be a best buddy and signed up? Would that be would that be two different uh, programs?
2: Yes, it would. Um, for our schools, we would walk the, the, the teacher, the students. We oftentimes have more than just one student leader um, uh, being a, a, leader, a leader within the club. We also reserve one spot typically for someone with a disability to be a leader within their club too. So let's say they have a group of five people, our team, um, our local staff would train those individuals on how to open a club. Um, but then, yes, if a, if an adult was interested in being matched, they would sign up for our citizens program. We would interview them. We would kind of, you know, go through the process to find the best fit for for you um, and make that perfect match.
1: And is that done virtually or is that in person? Uh, like, people from Best Buddies come to the school.
2: We do both. Yeah, oh. we do both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just depends on where the school is and how far our, our staff are.
0: This seems to me like a good bridge for the lack of inclusion that takes place in schools right now. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's such a proactive program because, you know, we can sit here and we say it often in the podcast. Obviously, if we say it in the podcast, we're saying it privately, too. And we say it to other people in the schools that that and you called it isolation. We sometimes call it segregation of people in a special education, quote unquote, special education environment, and then the general uh, population of students, there is in many schools, I mean, most schools, that's a, a line drawn in the sand, and sometimes a physical barrier of a different building or side of the campus. And we can talk about all we want about how we want that to change and, and we want integration. We want people to be included in, in, in all aspects of the educational day. But to proactively go out and say, okay, well, until that happens, uh, I'm going to push to really make connections. And it's really beautiful. It's really a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, I I say that all the time. And I love how you how you said the physical barrier of school, you know, a school classroom. Um, You know, they may have a shared lunch, they may have a shared PE. And even, you know, uh, some people's IEPs include a general education class where they get to have, you know, classes together. But oftentimes, um, people that are in a special day class are really, you know, only making true friendships with the people that are in that class. And our goal is, our vision is to put ourselves out of business because we want to live in a world where you don't have to have programs like Beth Buddies to just make friends naturally and to be, you know, hired naturally, be included naturally. But um, until the time being, we're here to to make that happen. And there's a lot of, you know, great people out there that that want to see that change too. And so, yeah, it's it's for the time being. It's a, an amazing uh, uh, organization to come in and kind of bridge bridge those gaps um for the time being
0: that's our hope too for include, we're very we're hopeful I, you know it once again i just referenced your website and it it in 1975 the education of all handicapped children act was passed and that requires all schools to accept fed- who accept federal funds to provide an equal education and I didn't know this, but one free meal—is that still part of the act? One free meal to hmm. anybody with a physical and and mental disability. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's never uh, been something, something that's that been presented. I mean, I to think us. it's
1: kind of absorbed into the uh, the lunch program that is given to 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 people maybe with lower income. I don't know. I don't know how that actually yeah, I'm not sure. works.
0: Well, I think it's, but that's 1975. You know that yeah. this act was was put into place, and um, and then Best Buddies in 1988. The the artwork is, is Keith Haring logo. So mm-hmm. um, I I know in high school in 1988, we didn't, I know, I know who Keith Herring is. I know I didn't have anybody in any of my classes who had uh, an IEP or a disability or a a learning difference. And so this is something that's really been a, uh, that's been in existence and been building, building itself.
2: Yes. Anthony Shriver started uh, if you know much about the the Kennedy Shriver family, you know they were kind of at the the forefront of um, disability rights at at the time. And Anthony's mom, Eunice, started special Olympics. And so it was, you know, in his backyard. and and as he you know graduated and went to college at at Georgetown it was the next, the next thing, let's turn the fun and, and the excitement and the friendships that started at special Olympics and, um, turn it into, you know, potentially lifelong, hopefully lifelong friendships. So that's where kind of that, that idea spurred from and yeah, became an official nonprofit organization in 1989.
0: How has your cousin influenced you in, in your work with best buddies?
2: Oh, I don't even know where to start so much. Yeah. So much. Um, I, I feel like my my life w- was changed when he was born. My eyes were opened into just the um first the differences uh and that people with disabilities have. I think I was young at the time. And so I think that really opened my eyes um uh at the beginning. Um, but ever since then, um, and then you know, wanting to get more involved, I worked at summer camps over over the summer and just really had a lot of. A lot of fun and i also saw a lot of opportunity from there too and um to to see you know people that want to do more in their community you know they want to have more friends they want to have you know a career and and be included and and the barriers that there were to get there but really you know when i did it in college i was just having so much fun and i made so many so many great friends that i'm still friends with today people that you know came to my wedding and you know we call uncle and um for, for my kids and um they're it's just a really amazing impactful organization in my life so um i remember talking about it very often with my my family growing up um and getting to see my cousin um you know not have a lot of opportunities to be out You know with friends on the weekends like his siblings did um and then when he went to high school um to this really amazing inclusive high school in california that um included him in many things including the football team including um you know just out in the in the outside of the classroom and um joining best buddies having great friendships that have you know come from there um and how his life, you know, has changed and how he's blossomed um in his confidence and his um just you know desire to make friends. And yeah, he's one of the most social people that I that I know for sure.
0: <laughs> one of the gifts of this journey is that I think it it is definitely eye opening, like things that we would have never maybe thought about before um we get to witness. Did you have you seen a lot of you said like in high school he started he he started to uh, become a part of the program and get friends. What are some of the changes that you've seen for you uh, or opportunities that you've seen for your cousin?
2: Yeah, well, his uh, his high school chapter, best buddies chapter, is still one of the most uh, enthusiastic. Like they have a great um, a great and consistent teacher that leads the club there, and um, they have uh, like I said, my cousin was. Um, included on the football team, um, which they often do at that school. And so as a manager, but my cousin actually got to play in a game um, one time, which was really amazing. And um, I definitely see some, you know, big man on campus energy coming from, from him, even to this day, like he he goes in and just ignites and lights up a room, very, very social, wants to talk to everybody. Um, and he really wants a job now. So he really is desiring to find, um, work that will fit his interests, which is being around people, talking to people, being Mr. Hospitality and, and taking care of people. Um, and, you know, he's always wanted to be social and be around people. And I really feel like, um, come high school, he, I saw him grow in that and, and his, I guess his confidence, um and and he can he'll really talk to anybody. He'll talk to anybody. and um he will light up a room. He will cheer squads will, you know, stop everything and and talk to him. He's talked to many baseball players on fields um during games. He's just has this dynamic dynamic energy.
0: Is he a part of the integrated employment program that you guys offer?
2: Yeah, he is. He is he's been looking for a job for a while, and he just, um joined Best Buddies jobs just just this past month. So, I'm excited for us to get to work with him now and help find a great
0: a great opportunity. How do you find the great opportunities?
2: Um yes. Well, I I often say one of the our most important jobs in our Best Buddies jobs program is to be out in the community. Um, sharing and advocating and spreading awareness about our program. So um, 80, you might be familiar, 82% of people with disabilities do not have a paid job in the community. It's one of the most, one of the highest unemployment rate of any minority group that you can enter at any time. And um oftentimes they're just a looked-over opportunity for for as a candidate. Um, it's not that people with disabilities don't want a job um, they do they want to be you know included and in, in, in a work environment that they can be successful in and share their skills. Um, so our job often is to go out into the community and share about that with companies um, that may be may be interested in hiring, or our job is to go out and, you know, inspire them to to see the impact of um, what hiring someone with disability can have on their workplace. And we really work hard. um, But what makes us unique at Best Buddies is that we make that perfect match for the skills of the individual and the needs of the company. We we don't want a job just for the sake of the job. We want someone um, in Best Buddies' jobs to be... um, a contributing member of the community at that company um, where they can hopefully, you know, make a career out of it. Or if it's a today job, maybe it's not their dream job, maybe it's a today job, it can really allow them to gain experience and use their skills um, and potentially, you know, uh, uh, develop in their career over time, either within that company or outside that company.
0: Since inclusion is such a challenge for our community and for our children, I mean, I think. Um, in the most recent years when we're talking about inclusion and diversity, it's it's getting better little by little or we're educating parents on what the their rights are and some of these misperceptions that are propagated and misinformation that's given to parents, like parents are able to see that individuals with Down syndrome are, are able, but do you see the impact of the non-education of individuals with Down syndrome impacting their ability to be employed?
2: Well, we have a per- person in our program near where I live um, who's been in his job for over 15 years, and he is a really, really valued member of his his workplace. He works hard, he shows up, I think he'd love to continue to, you know, grow in his career development, but, um, yeah, 15 years. Um, so that's, you know, really amazing. Um, and he has down syndrome, but we have other people in our programs too, who've been, you know, in 20 years within their, within their company and have gained a lot of, um, opportunities for growth within that company. I would say the biggest, I think barrier to end or barrier once they get a job, um, are the, the behavioral things that come out of not be, not having opportunities to um, socialize um, inclusively within, w- within the high, you know, their high schools. So a lot of times what our jobs team is working on are those, you know, behavioral boundaries, you know, what is appropriate in a workplace, what's not appropriate in a workplace and reinforcing them. Um, we, so our, a little bit about our jobs program itself, we, are with the person through the entirety of their interview process. We're there in in the interview. We help kind of redirect, you know, the questions if it's not making sense or it needs a little more clarification. Um, And then our goal is independence. So we want to essentially graduate the participants where they don't need our support. We're there um, for the lifetime of the employment, but we also, you know, want them to be successful and set up for success where they're we're fading out our support over time. So we might be there heavy in the beginning and then once they know what they're doing, then, you know, we start to fade out. Um but we're always there if someone gets a promotion, if they get new skills, um and of course if there are any challenges that come up within the job, um we are, you know, kind of the the specialist and at least um redirecting or or kind of assisting in supporting the, the company, the team that works with that person on some of the behavioral things that may come up, um, during, th- during their work.
0: Do you see equal pay in the job, in the workplace?
2: That is our goal. Yeah. That, that's, that's our focus in best buddies. We want, um, the person that's employed at the company to be paid the same amount that any other person without a disability would be paid, um, at that company. Um, but, at minimum minimum wage is what they you know should be paid at a company but yeah we're always advocating for equal pay what they would pay anyone else in in that in that job um and also we're advocating for growth over time so if they're performing really well they've been there you know certain amount of time getting the raises that you know others would would get
1: well when you talk about behavior it's it it is a skill it's a learned skill and i think about one of the real negatives of Non inclusion or segregation is that uh, teachers and administration will allow certain behaviors to occur within the special education community. We always hear, you know, oh, well, there's some behavioral issues. Well, quote unquote, because that's something that can be learned or unlearned, just as if someone had a math issue. I don't like algebra. Well, what do I how do I figure that out? How do I or it's not connecting with me, right? Well, we're going to work on these skills in algebra until I get it. Well, yeah. I often see the community of a special education student being allowed to behave a certain way amongst quote-unquote themselves. These are just I'm saying quote-unquote because these are just to me it's so wrong, but <laughs> so then it completely underprepares a student to behave accordingly like you would expect any student like to not be upheld in that skill is such a detriment just like not upholding the algebra skill to somebody it, it you know you're you're not learning you're not being Absolutely. prepared for the future yeah. so it goes to show that you put anybody in a bubble where you're allowed to behave work learn a certain way once you're told to come out of that bubble you're allowed to be out of that bubble you're totally not prepared for that situation
2: absolutely absolutely yeah and i think that's one of the amazing benefits of our school friendship program um because they get to you know meet others um that are quote unquote typically developing um and we really hope and we train, um, the individuals with, you know, in in general education without a disability to withhold those standards, you know, in their friendships. So it's easy enough for us to say, um, I feel uncomfortable. I'm going to allow this, you know, thing to continue. Um, but really it's our job to hold each other, you know, whether you have a disability or not up to this, to, you know, this, the standards of living in society essentially. Um, and we've, we've, we train that we we have a lot of great trainings within our program, um, locally and also, um, you know, like I said, the the conference as well. That kind of reinforces those.
1: I think of two really detrimental aspects of that as well. When when someone's allowed to behave a certain way and then just expected to somehow <laughs> integrate Magically. flawlessly like into society. First of all, we know the repetition that must take place sometimes for anyone to learn. So the repetitions in a negative way where you're allowing someone to behave a certain way over and over. And now it's going to take all that time to possibly to reverse that. And then twofold, that bad behavior or whatever skill unlearned skill is then blamed on the person that wasn't prepared or blamed broadly on the disability. And it's it's very very frustrating and but
0: it can also be you know society is blamed on like the lack of it the lack of the ability to understand differences when it's just been not um not allowed i think i should say you've walked on to an uh, a podcast that's really about like we really talk a lot about inclusion because you say that you you guys want to eliminate your job we want our podcast to be archaic, where it's like, oh my gosh, can you believe, believe that, that was where, even a podcast? That was even a su- thing subject? that they had to say that. Oh, you have to put a a person with another person, but you know, it's, it's unlearning behavior on both ends. And I, and I do believe that the Kennedys and the Shrivers have been such great advocates and, and you see how it's developed because, but it came from a very personal journey. It was their personal journey with disability and the way that, um, it was uh, treated, and the way that it was approached, and the way as um, individuals they were they were forced to deal with it, and and there was loss there because it was at a at a time when you know individuals with disabilities, individuals with Down syndrome, intellectual disabilities were institutionalized, and so this is the the change that comes about, but it can only be reflexive of the time that it's born in. So right now there's such a great push for inclusion. And it's like something that's a possibility because even though it was there for us in the 1970s, it wasn't a possibility. It wasn't something that was a reality. You can say that that's out there for us, but to be able to receive that education and that inclusion, it really just, it wasn't something that was real. And this is a a step up. And when you talk about that individuals are being isolated I think that as a, a humanity, when there's a wrong, there's so many ways that we make a change and we fight it and we do these things and we advocate. And then sometimes we just do what's right. And we know that if we do what's right, eventually it it multiplies. Like you have lifelong friends because you were a part of the Best Buddies program, right? And, and mm-hmm. I see how it affected your life because of your cousin, but how does that affect you? And how does that change any mindset that you may have had pre-cousin?
2: Yeah, I, that's a very powerful question. Very, very powerful. Um, yeah, certainly a lot of people do not have that those same experiences when they get to be a grown adult, a working adult. Um, and from you know, first speaking from the job side of things, um, we we have to go in and provide that training. Um, we want to provide training to the individuals that work with the individual that is placed there because they don't often have um, they haven't, you know, they may not have grown up with a cousin, you know, like I do, or they may not have been involved in a program like like I was in, in college. Um, and so it may be the first time they're actually work get to work or be around someone with a disability. And so we we come in and basically we're just you know advocating for them to be treated the same as they would any other colleague. Um but I yeah I guess an answer to your question about how um I this is my story, right? So this is this is this is my life and this is how my cousin has you know propelled me on this amazing life clearly life-changing journey. Who would have thought I would have, you know, done a career? I wanted to be a pediatrician, you know, pre, pre him being born. But, um, I, I get to see my friends, so many friends, like I am so blessed to get to do the work that I do because, um, I get, I've just had so many amazing friendships be formed, um, within, you know, the last decade. Um, and I get to see them thrive, you know, in society, and I get to be a part of that journey with them. And I um, also get to sit back and see, you know, how how they how they are able to be included um, or not, you know, in the community. I also see a lot of a lot of injustices watching my my friends with disabilities out there and be treated um, in a way that you know they they shouldn't be. So. It's, it keeps me, you know, wanting to be on this journey of
0: of promoting inclusive opportunities. And you do that by going into the workplaces, or people uh, reach out to you about wanting to hire.
2: A little bit of both, yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, we have a lot of great corporate partners that they do amazing, amazing work, and they, you know, want to contribute their their time as volunteers or their funds to support our mission and we're always over there advocating that they also hire as well, um, that they consider, you know, employing one of our participants, but, um, we will table in the community. We'll do some outreach to, to companies. We just want to get our, you know, our mission out there in the community.
1: What an opportunity to be on the ground floor of, of change. I mean, to be able to go into a school and say, great, I get to educate this hand, even if it's just a handful of kids that's, that's got to spread. I mean, that, that just, it, it does, you know, and then when you're changing minds, especially from if you, elementary school, I always think of elementary school, how important it was for Liam to be included in the classroom in an elementary school because of what it was doing for the classroom, what it was doing for our future citizens and, and his future peers for when he goes into the workplace or, or whatever.
2: I, I love to say the people in our program, the people in our high school programs, middle school programs, college programs, they are the future leaders, you know, of their generation. And they're the ones that are going to ensure that people with disabilities can be socially included, that they're the ones that are going to hire them because they know their value at the at their company and the impact that they can have, you know, in their colleagues' lives or, and in the community's lives.
0: And this is something that's so important in in the school, especially, I think you're right, especially elementary, because that's when they're starting out. And that's when their minds begin to first develop and change and and create what their judgments and and perceptions are going to be. And it's definitely something that's lacking in the schools. I can, you know, the school system that Liam's now a part of, is def- it's, a, it's on an inclusive model. But even them, I'm like, I want to look into getting a Best Buddies program mm-hmm. for the school. It's something that is needed. It's something like in the classrooms, you know, there's a big push that classrooms need books and crayons. And so parents donate those. This is something that is also, pa- the schools need inclusion. And if it's not being provided by the district, this is the way that you can go, now you can do it individually. You can volunteer or you can sign up to get a buddy, but you can Why not use like if you're a part of PTA, if you're a part of, you're a member of the school, even if you're a parent that's not a member of the school, but this is a club that we can get behind because I, I know the journey of a parent with a child who has an IEP, who has a disability, and I know how isolating that feels for the parent as well. So you can get behind this program and, and work to get this in your school to make the change for your child, but children who come behind you and not just your child with a disability your child who is neurotypical because the, the impact is, and the gifts are Astounding not only for that individual, but as you're saying, as society is developing, as society is becoming like the the individuals now that are fighting for equality, that that are using their voices to stand up against injustice, you know, they were exposed. They were exposed, you know, to differences. They were exposed to diversity. It was personal. And fortunately and unfortunately it does it's more passionate when it's when it is mm-hmm. a personal journey
2: i do love telling people i think best buddies events are one of the most fun events to go to and you can walk into one of our one of our events and not have a connection to our mission and leave and leave with one because you will have met so many wonderful people that will change your life and change your perspective on on how they should be included. In, you know, in in their community. So even those that you know don't have a personal connection, a family member, a neighbor, growing up, um, they can simply you know get one by by being involved.
1: What do one of those events look like?
2: Well, each of our schools have their own kind of. Thing that they do so a, a lot of times like I mentioned they will have kind of events within their classrooms um and quarterly or or something maybe once or twice a year they'll have kind of a larger event so every school does it differently because every individual that leads those school chapters are are different and have you know come with their their own um leadership qualities. Um so there's that and then we also um from kind of the state level provide events as well. We'll put on um depending on where you are, we have best buddies proms and dances, we have bowling parties, um holiday parties for our participants, um and then we have two signature fundraising events that we do in each of our offices, one is a walk um in the spring. It's called Best Buddies Friendship Walk. Um, That's typically in April and May, depending on where you are. And then we also have a gala um, in the fall, which we're gearing up for right now, our Champion of the Year gala. And what I love so much about our gala um, is that I like to say it's a gala with a twist because it's called Champion of the Year. We identify the community's most active leaders for inclusion. Um, We nominate them. And then they compete against each other to essentially raise as much funds and awareness as possible in a short period of time. At the end of the campaign, we have a gala, we celebrate everybody, and then one person has surpassed all of rivals and is crowned um, champion of the arts. So fun. I think one of the most fun galas you can go to because there's so much fun energy in there. But like I said, we it's a volunteer movement and we we rely, we need volunteers, we need leaders in our community to go out there and spread their personal like you said it's personal their personal connection to the mission of best buddies um and change their community their networks um minds um to be one that you know identifies how they can support how they can kind of close those gaps um so i love some of my favorite stories from champion of the year are the, the one of some of our champions who come in you know they invite one of their clients to sit at their table and the client is so you know moved by what they experience we have a speaker that gets to share their story whether it's in the, in the school friendship program or in the jobs program and um one you know, f- a few years ago that client turned around and hired someone two weeks later having no experience with anyone with a disability prior to that so like I said it's it's our volunteers volunteers people in the community that are personally impacted and they they have the power they have the ability to really shift our community
0: where does the gala take place
2: so each of our state offices typically have one so I oversee California, so we have four in in California, one in um, San Diego, one in Los Angeles, one in San Francisco, and one in Sacramento this year. But I'm sure you have listeners around the entire country, so if there's a state office in your area, then there likely is either a walk or a gala in your
0: area too. We'll put a link to the Best Buddies uh, website, but is there a link directly to the galas that we can put in our websites for like the fundraising and donations?
2: Yeah, so our gala, um, like I said, it's champion of the year. So it's called the uh, the URL is org. You can go on there and see a list of every single um champion of the year gala in across the entire country. And similarly for the friendship block, best buddies friendship and you'll see a list of all the ch- um friendship blocks across the country.
0: And as far as for hiring, if there was a company that I wanted my son to work for, is there something that I could reach out to Best Buddies and where I could go to that company and say, this is a program? Because I also know that for companies, there's a lot of- Tax incentives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's incentives that help. So is there something where as a parent, I can go, okay, my child is going to be in high school next year, and I'd really like them to you know, when they graduate work for this company, I go to that company and I can give them this information that, cause you have an information on your website about how to become an, an employer.
2: We do. Yeah. We, it, we have, um, information listed on our website. We also have, you know, as, as many flyers as you can think of, we probably have one, but specifically we have one about the business benefits of hiring, um, someone through the Best Place Jobs program
0: and so they can take this to some someone and then that company can reach out to you because that's also i think sometimes companies will be you know concerned with how the lack of inclusion and if they don't have anybody with a disability in their life that's where their brain goes is like oh this is going to be really hard it's not usually there's not usually that much difference between between any em- employee like hiring any you know, you
1: hire them for their skill level. Yeah.
0: You don't like they. That's the one thing we try to get parents to understand. They're fed a lot of information about how challenging this path is and how different their kid is, but they're not that different. They may, they mm-hmm. may do it differently, but every single kid does it differently. And no
1: doubt people with Down syndrome are assets in the workplace. But yes, oh, you there's, know, there's, I right. mean,
0: I even hate that we have to say they. It's like our kids, <sighs> like, it's just we need more people in the workplace for people to understand that, oh, Gosh, what was I thinking? I was thinking something else, obviously. Oh,
2: yeah. we've had so many of those success stories too, where a company maybe has you know some concerns. Um, like I said, we come in, we advocate, we 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 share the impacts. We might might connect them to another um, company that has personal experience and can share, you know, how great it went there. Um, they end up hiring, and a lot of companies feel good knowing that there are extra supports in place that our our team is there. To come in and support with the training that um that may be necessary over the course of the first couple of weeks or so like i said we like to fade back because we want them to be able to showcase their skills in you know within that company um but yeah so there's so many companies out there that are just really you know, i'm sure kicking themselves for ever thinking that they wouldn't be able to, to contribute to
0: the to their workplace it's like classrooms who didn't understand what what it would be like right yeah. um you have two pillars that we haven't gotten to talk about yet one is the leadership development which is so so important because we want our children to be self advocates right and then maybe we can end with inclusive living but the leadership development can you talk a little bit about that
2: yeah so leadership development we actually have three programs in and within that pillar now but um the one we talk about or we see mostly is our ambassador program so training individuals in public speaking um, where they are essentially by the end of their the training, they come out with a speech about, you know, their life, their experience. It could be about their story within Best Buddies, or it could be about, you know, their, their life story aside from that. Um, and we will use them at our events, but we also really encourage them to go out and advocate for themselves and, you know, whatever that might be. I've seen, I've taken people to the state capitol where they're, you know, speaking on behalf of changing bills, changing laws within, within, you um, state and um but then also you know using using it when they're networking out in in the community um and uh, we'll often bring um our ambassadors with us when we are sharing about the jobs program and allowing them to you know speak for for themselves um but we also you know you may have some listeners that might go to private schools as well and so that goes within our our leadership pillar too so Oftentimes private schools do not have, you know, special day programs or special education component to their curriculum. So if there are students um, or schools that are interested in kind of getting involved in our in our mission in some capacity, we have um, this program in particular, which is more about advocacy, you know, doing um, on-school events to promote um, the, the opportunities that are there, um, as well as spread awareness within their school walls. Um, and then most recently we added a brand new program just um just within the last like six months called um transitions um And so when you talk about you know preparing your kids for what snacks, whether it's high school or whether it's work um we do transition programs where we're, on, not traditionally like you know schools do, but we'll come and we'll do workshops, like a six week workshop with um, individuals to prepare them um, to kind of go from you know their high school uh, experience, high school curriculum to getting ready for the workplace, and that falls into our leadership um, program because they are learning about advocacy, learning how to to talk about their skills, learning how to talk about you know what their interests are um, as they go out and look for employment
0: so that is for the individual who has the disability you were talking about for what for you were talking about the private schools. And I know in my mind, I was like most private schools, they yeah. it's so sneaky, but they have this um, IQ thing that they do and they don't allow kid, the kids have to test in and that's, the way that they are able to continue to propagate the segregation and the elimination of individuals with disabilities in their school. You have a program that allows, if, you have, if you're in a private school like that and you don't like that message, you're allowing people from the inside to still give the benefits of what inclusion is and teach individuals and students that are at that school, the neurotypical students, to have an experience. And I'm, Anybody who's listening, because I can think of a few parents that I could reach out to, these programs are so valuable. And this is the kind of thing that's needed to actually change that system, because the system does need to be changed. These systems were created so long ago, and we're changing. And I think it's such a beautiful way that, you know, parents can start to move forward into changing that and making a difference.
2: Yeah. So that one's called Promoters. That that uh, program's called Promoters for... Private schools, and I went to private school growing up. And I always say, I feel like we could have used it more than the public schools, just because if you go to private school most of your life, you may not, you know, be around someone um, that's different than you. Um, so yeah, so that's called that's called promoters. And um, we also can do one to one matching um, with uh, private schools as well, if that is of interest. Um, it's a peer-to-peer program, so we like to ensure it's the same age. But um, if there is a school primarily for, you know, people with disabilities, whether it's you know people with that have autism, um, we can match, you know, that that host site with with a private school as well in one-to-one matching.
0: And these programs are approached in a way of equality. A lot of our experience with like disability is we get a lot of pity and we get a lot of like false emotions coming our way. But this is an empowering way to change, to to make a change and to change the narrative.
2: Yeah, um, people often ask, so like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and I say kind of, but not really because it's peer to peer. So it's really like we're, we're trying to make, friendships that could last, you know, a lifetime of people that are in the same similar life experience or similar age. Um, it's not, it should not be a pity. It's mutually enriching on both sides.
1: Like going back to your galas and proms, um, that only promotes inclusion in the school sponsored big galas and proms, you know, that that's, uh, that's how we can kind of get inside like this ground floor thing to get inside of a school and make a change and to show, oh, well, we're all friends here, yeah? For, of course, we're all gonna go to the prom.
0: Is there more on the leadership before we move to inclusive?
2: Our three programs in leadership are promoters, the the one we just talked about with private schools, our ambassador program, public speaking, and actually our ambassador program can be for someone with or without an intellectual disability. So we'll train you in public speaking um, uh, whether or not you have a disability. And then, um, our transition program is our, our most recent one. Yeah. So those are the three.
0: You know, what what I think is great about, especially when you're talking about high school years, because I, I, I do see there's, um, more programs in high school, because less middle school is middle school, like middle school is just a ball of wax, like we like anybody. Um, And that's a lot of developmental going on there. And that might be why because, because that's a change from individuals with that from elementary school, and then we're in middle school. And that's so many things happening with every student. And it's really something, though, that I really want to encourage parents to understand that your child is having that same experience. When we we get into high school and there's been all these changes in puberty and, and what happens to that student is they really do start to become independent thinkers and they start to look even at the adults and the authorities in their life. And they really begin to know that's not right what they're saying. So if they've been brought up in a, in a, a non-diverse, non-inclusive environment, uh, that's when they're really going to say, I'm gonna make a change. And I I don't think this is right, and that's when they're they're gonna that's when their brain is gonna make that push and and uh, develop those relationships and develop their own independent thinking and really become that adult that's gonna go out into the world. So it's so important to have yeah, a lot of allies are built then. Yeah, so important and and across the board, a lot of allies, a lot of advocates. We're seeing so many beautiful young advocates that are just standing up and and just just running this race so beautifully with so much strength and courage. Uh, so I'd encourage every parent to look on that website, wherever your student is, and start to pursue those programs. Because if it is a wait list, if it does take a while, then start working on it now. And whatever area that you can get in, then the school, you have an impact on your on your child when they're home. You can make a change, but wouldn't it be great if what they experienced out in the school was sending them the same message of inclusion and diversity and equality and worth and value and belonging that we do for our kids and that we want for every child. I want to talk quickly about inclusive living because... I thought best buddies was about friends and matching people (laughs) up and this, the, the programs that you provide are, I, I, you're bridging the gap for Mm -hmm. what's lacking right now and you're creating these opportunities and you're providing the supports. And I want people to take advantage of the supports because I believe if they're taking advantage of the supports, then there'll be more support and there'll be more funding and, and participation. Mm -hmm. So it, that, that can be the conversation. Let's talk about uh, inclusive living.
2: Well, before I do, so often people say, "Isn't that just a buddy program?" and and it was, right? Initially, that's where the thought came from. But, um, I think as our programs continue to evolve and as people graduated from their schools, there there still were gaps. There still were needs outside like outside of their schools. And so, then came jobs, because that's was what was next for the people that were in our programs after they graduated. And then came, you know, um, our, our advocacy program and our ambassador program. And so yes, um, naturally, the next thing is inclusive living. Um, and we are just out of the pilot stage right now. Um, just a year ago, I was saying we only have, you know, two programs across the entire country, but um, it is continuing to, to grow and continuing to pop up. We just Um, brought Best Buddies Living to Los Angeles this this year. Um, So it's only a couple months um, old and there still is one spot available in that residence um, located in Westwood next to UCLA. Um, That is unique about um, inclusive living is oftentimes it's next to kind of a college. Uh, So individuals that attend that college could live there. And then the expectation for adults with disabilities that are living there are that they are doing something productive with their day they're not just sitting at home so whether it is you know they have an employee uh, a job um or it could be you know they're active in their community um but yes they are living inclusively within you know the um an apartment building that we have so we have like i said one went one in um in los angeles we have a couple in the boston area um, one in Miami. And then uh, we I just heard last week, we're opening one in Georgia as well. So it's very exciting.
0: And that's something they can go online and get an application for? Yes, definitely. And this is something like I think about like parents right now, wherever your student is, I will say because behavior is something that parents have to fight for in their IEP. Uh, you're entitled to the supports that allow your student to access the curriculum behavior is a support. Mm -hmm. If you have a behavior and I don't know why it is like with Liam who has down syndrome, who doesn't have like a different diagnosis, like we really have to fight that that actually impacts his ability to learn it. It affects his ability to function in the world. And as he gets older, it affects his ability to live independently and have a job. So I want that to be the conversation when they try to deny you uh, a BII in your IEP very early on or take your child off of curriculum, that it is the burden of proof is on them and that you're right, your students right is to the supports to access their curriculum uh, that is their right, that's their civil right, and behavior supports. This is an example, this conversation is a, an example, because a lot of the opportunities that are out there for our children are severely impacted by behavior or different things, like like being supported and independent. So... Um, let them carry their book. I'm the worst. I'll be like, I'll take Liam's book bag. And Stephen puts it on his back and goes, carry it. Like you're going to carry it. You're going to get that strength. You're going to create that habit and ritual. And don't be afraid to have them put in the work because this is where we see it in all hope that you will be obsolete and we will be obsolete. But until that time comes in order to access these great programs and to be able to take advantage of the opportunities that can be limited these are the things that we have to really fight and push for and take advantage of.
1: Well, I use the analogy between behavior and math, and behavior is often overlooked, but behavior to me is more important than math. I mean, you like, might
0: not use math,
1: and we all have calculators in our pockets. We're walking around with calculators, <laughs> right? I mean, I understand learning math does evolve your brain into learning about other things that could be a broad spectrum of things. I get it. But when we're talking specific maths that I don't even remember anymore. I have a calculator in my pocket, and I'm probably going to double check my work anyway when it comes to something important. But my behavior needs to be put in check. If I was allowed to act any way I wanted as an erotypical student, um, I would just do that. And we see that. We see people being egotistical or inappropriate to certain people different than them or whatever. I mean. But we knit that in the bud, we call people out on that because we don't allow that in society. And I see too much of our community being allowed to do things when it comes to behavior because it's just, oh, that's just a... but it's not doing any good. We can prepare our children to take advantage of these programs when they're older, in adulthood even. Now, we can do that now as elementary school students or middle schoolers or high school, we're teaching our children to live and be independent now
0: we're creating a, a world of opportunities that are equal, and that's what your program does. It kind yes. of like these injustices exist in the school system, in in uh, the fight for an equal education, and like you said, in society. And so these programs, I, I just really believe that these programs. If you have a non-inclusive school that that wants to continue to not educate your child, start looking into these programs uh, of of getting a best buddy, creating that sense of belonging. Because if they're not going to do the work, then, then And that's when we come in with our grassroots effort. That's when we come in and and we make the change and we have that power. Like we're not, we're not victim to our life even though a lot of people would really like us to think that we don't have a voice, that we don't have power. And when I say we, I mean, you know, the people that like um, Liam, Like I want Liam to know he has a voice and he has the power until he comes into that, that that's what I have to be for him. And then he's going to take the baton and then he's going to go there. Um, but your programs are so uh, outstanding. I mean, again, it's, it's just like what special Olympics did for individuals with disabilities so long ago as in creating that sense of belonging. This is, this is a step up. This is another step. This is where, you know, we can have the conversation that it doesn't exist in schools. But we can change the narrative. And I, I just I love all of your programs. And I love what you're doing.
1: Yeah, everyone go on Best Bodies. Best Bodies?
2: <laughs> That's a different program.
1: <laughs> yes, everyone go on best buddies. org and check it out. It's a very informative website and so many answers to questions there.
0: But especially under the Why We Matter... We can't change our future unless we know our past. And uh, I just, I thank you and and everybody at Best Buddies for what you're doing. Yeah, thank you, Caitlin. We thank you for changing the narrative.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm thrilled to meet you both. You both seem like amazing parents um, that are really working hard to advocate for your son's needs, but also our greater world's opportunities.
1: Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod.